Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Traverse Theatre Edinburgh. We now join the theatre's associate director and your host, Hamish Peary. Welcome to this month's Travcast. The Travcast is our monthly writer's conversation where I get the opportunity to look into the eyes of a writer and learn about what makes them tick. And this month, I'm really excited to have three writers sitting in front of me, all members of our Traverse 50. Lachlan Philpott is based in Sydney, and his work includes Bus Town, Silent Disco, his work with companies such as Griffin Theatre Company, Hot House, the Australian Theatre for Young People, Bell Shakespeare, and Canberra Youth Theatre. And his play, Silent Disco, has been developed as a screenplay by himself. Ellie Stewart is based in Bathgate, and her current writing projects include Gala, My Heavy Heart, both of which have been developed with Imaginate Ideas Exchange, and John McCann is Dundee-based. His work has included The Clean Room, The Next of It, Is Fidar Lin, by Tinderbox Theatre Company, and he's also been on attachment with National Theatre Studio and the National Theatre of Scotland. Welcome, all of you. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to say the reason why we have three is because these three writers, we're presenting them at the end of this week in our triple bill. Uh, so please, guys, come and see it. Uh, yeah, so the first question was, that idea is, I'm always interested as a writer, is how, how you manage your, A, how you manage your days, and how when you're sitting in front of your desk with that pen in your hand, what is it that stops you writing? What are the challenges from getting to bed to getting to yeah. writing away? The things that get in the way. It might be that it's something in your head, or it might be that you just really like eating breakfast for long periods of time. <laughs> I don't know. What a great question, yeah. <laughs> Ellie. Yeah, do you want to start? Yeah, that would be lovely. I'm really interested in that as well, in terms of um, yeah, life, but also parameters in art and how sometimes constraints can be really helpful, actually. So in the morning I usually have at least one if not two kids bouncing on my bed by about seven o'clock and then there's a lot of stuff to get through before you can get to a desk or or get out for that walk that you need or go and meet your collaborators and um, quite often that's that's not so much a constraint as a as a really healthy way of focusing your time. That's the thing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really interested to, to hear how it fits in other people's lives as well. How does it fit for you? Yeah. Um, I think it, uh, for me, a lot of it is about how I leave the, the day before. So I tend to make sure that I leave the thing that I'm writing in either the middle of a sentence or the middle mm. of an idea that I can then sit back down to and start working on straight away because otherwise I will procrastinate and and the other thing that I I do is I turn the modem off because it just stops the wandering and of course I wander to all sorts of places that I could never say in 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 this sort of recording but (laughs) it's never that helpful to your writing (laughs) John um what stops me getting from bed to chair um (coughs) two words the fear (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, it's just there's a little internal monologue 
uh, it's, it's all, I think my brain has its own little kind of internet radio station that just doesn't switch off. Um, that is is um, I wish I could because it, it at times it can it can it can paralyze. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's on that? What 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 what's being said or what's being played on that radio station? Um, it's that you feel like you had a bit of a roadblock with ideas um, that um, what you what you're what you're trying to say is not really kind of worth the point worth the time it's saying um, but it depends it depends on the idea uh, I, um, some ideas like the piece I've got on in in, um, in the triple bill I I dived into that that was great um, but uh, other things flailing around you know and one of my kind of ambitions <laughs> is to learn to swim <laughs> I can't do that yet but I, I you know I'm always telling my wife I'll take lessons but I suppose there's, there's, there's a feeling of being stuck out somewhere without you know any boat close by or mm. any life support and uh, it's kind of trying to steal yourself a wee bit but you know, someone once said that the, you know, the the art of writing is the application of ass to chair, and it's hmm. uh, that's what kind of gets me through is when I do kneel myself down, and I I feel the I achieve something. You know, I make a little discovery, and that generates a little bit of a fire, and you keep on going. But what Lachlan said before about uh, leaving. Uh, a scene just unfinished but you know what that ending will be or a line that you know that when you come back to that's 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 a really nice little help and um uh thing that kind of will will bring you back with um momentum to that chair to that desk and then the idea of the fear about do you get that at Lachlan, do you ever find you get that in the middle of an idea so if you might be sitting down and you you start believing in this idea and then you get lost. Oh, even though you know, it started off being a great idea, and then what happens in the middle when you start? Do you do you, does one lose confidence midway through? Um, I mean, I think I think writers always juggle confidence. I think we have to because you you can't be seen to be too confident, or people think that you're you know very arrogant and they don't want to be associated with you. But then also you have to have enough confidence in your work to be able to share it with people and send it. So I don't know. I try. I think I've been quite good at like. Um, compartmentalizing my brain a bit so I tend to not worry about that when I'm writing I can kind of turn that off it's a bit like turning off the modem or you know you give yourself an hour a day to worry about it but you tend to actually do that while you're doing something else and then you just sort it out later I'm quite I quite like sorting things out later but I guess as a writer what I really enjoy the most too is um, being able to sort things out on the floor you know once you if you get a chance to actually work with a director or dramaturg and actors and you start to actually work on the floor or you hear it very quickly or I do what is is wrong so I don't tend to worry that much I feel it's a, it's a, it's it's a bit like you know spending a lot of your day watching internet porn and masturbating you know it's that same sort of waste of time it's the sort of worry and you have to put your hands down and actually get on with it and when did you know when we when were you able to compare the two when were you able to realize to deal with it in that way because that's um, a big moment, isn't it, to know that anything yeah. sort of messing around is as silly as is worrying. Because I would love to be able to have that in my life. I don't know about you, to know to be able to go, oh, that's worrying is a waste of time, so let's put it away. 
maybe I used to be a school teacher and I think you I think that helped me train uh, in a lot of ways to kind of compartmentalize because you'd have to concentrate on a group of kids for an hour and they'd go and then a new group would come in and you couldn't be lingering and thinking about those kids that had just gone you'd have to concentrate on the ones that were just there so I think you get those sort of you get you build up that kind of thing of going all right let's focus on the task at hand and let's move on which is helpful if you've got a lot of projects going on at once as well so you can actually cut one off and deal with the other yeah yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I kind of agree. It's I think it's good to have projects at different stages as well, um, because for me, the beginning of any project is is a lot of messing around and a lot of wandering and a lot of wondering. That's the bit that's maybe hardest to justify in your life. Have I got time to be thinking about things for three hours a day? So if you've got that going on, but you're also at stage with another project where you know you've got a bunch of lo lovely people you're working with that evening and that has to be nailed by five o'clock, then you can kind of... That's how I compartmentalise, yeah. I think, in the way you were talking about, Lachlan, yeah. um, is by having projects at different stages and then trying to find the right moment for each, for each thing. Right. So the bit where I can't be... Where I know I can't be sitting at a desk but I know I've got a long train journey and I might be able just to put the headphones on and do something a bit zen-like for a bit, <laughs> just making the most of that moment. I think, you, I think actually you become very good at trusting the world to bring things to you as well when you're not working. Like for me, I kind of never worry about, if I've got an idea that I'm trying to sort out, I think the best thing for me to do is to actually just kind of leave it and usually something kind of runs into your vision, you know, whether it be an old woman who's shaved her hair off or, a, you know, a, strange little dog or whatever it is is sort of these signs that come to you I think a lot of writers I know have those sort of moments as well where do you mm. get your ideas from John um I think the the ones that have been most successful for me are something that I I probably am quite angry about right. um so the 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 writing allows uh, angry uh, and that anger might be a little bit unfocused and I don't know what the right channel for that would be so maybe uh, I had, I kind of find a channel through sticking these words on a page and seeing if I agree with what people are saying and I'm trying to shape it but I'm not you know I'm not trying to shape it in a way that I'm making sense of the world and there's going to be a big bow and ribbon tied up at the end it's still going to be a bit messy and sticky and uh, but um, um, so I think the the ones that I'm most uh, yeah, the ones I feel I have most of a connection with uh, would 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 uh, uh, they would come from uh, the actions and the words of people I think are a bit silly or uh, or, or really um, what they're saying has is really has no place in a in a in in a functioning democracy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they're already becoming dramatic by what they're doing. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, and just um, their 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 words are hurting people, and they're doing it from an ideological ideological standpoint. And I, I kind of really feel, oh, you know, that, and that starts a something, um, and uh, yeah, it, it's reflected in I think the piece that we see at the weekend here, and and. Um, um, I, I kind of I'm also interested in writing for young people, so I'm, I'm hopefully working with a, a company in Belfast next year, um, replay productions, and, and um, um, the piece there uh, is 
about how mis how young boys are represented and are perceived. Um, and uh, you know, I've recently spent a week interviewing young boys <laughs> in Belfast, and uh, and there's a, a lot of fascinating stuff has come out of that. You know, and, and that's and that's that's great. There's a, a lot of fire in the belly about that. You know, so um, yeah. It's interesting research, isn't it? Because like, and you do quite a lot of research, do you? And when you start that research, do you do you are you always surprised which way the research takes you? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's why I enjoy doing research so much because I think if you, I, I feel like it, I, I, I'm really resistant to the model of developing a play where you sit down and you know how it's going to end and you know how mm. it's, um, you know, going to unfold in that way because then it feels a bit like colouring in rather than drawing painting or whatever it might be you know and, and I think for me it is it's it's kind of not even necessarily knowing where the research actually feeds into the work until you look back on it and then realize that it has so I mean I already worked for young people last year in Australia which was uh, inspired by these three girls who had um, had sex with prost oh, sorry had prostituted themselves to truck drivers in their lunch breaks at school and um, I was really fascinated in talking to a whole range of young people to find out what they thought about that and what they thought about prostitution and what they thought about sexual health and so on and I think the, the range of interviews that I carried out for that really kind of fed into that work as well and gave me a really broad understanding of where I wanted to take the work. See, I, I enjoy working that way. And do you always know, because we've talked about it before, about that sometimes you get more than one idea out of a set of research? Yeah, yeah, so... And another, uh, last year I also um, interviewed a, a range of Australians and New Zealanders who'd been who claimed to have been abducted by aliens, and that led to a few different pieces of work, um, one of which is on for the triple bill. Yeah, so it's, it's, I think it's always a really, you just get so many little jewels of, of things that you, didn't, you wouldn't have been able to think up yourself as well. But you also have a responsibility right. to the people who you've interviewed, and I think that, that's a really big area mm -hmm. Uh, which comes to do with ethics of writing and being a writer. Is research something that you do or...? Yeah, so for me, just reflecting on my kind of current and recent work, they've come from very different places. In fact, one of the projects I'm working on at the moment um, came from quite academic research on playfulness in adaptation. Um, so looking at an adaptation for stage that's not a kind of flipping through 90 degrees of a novel onto a stage, but looking at theatricality. Um, that is quite a telling project maybe because I definitely got to a point in the research where the piece of work was still there. For me, it then has to become something quite visceral. Um, so either an emotional response to something, um, or a personal reaction that might be mine it might be somebody else's that's when it starts to that's when it starts to feel right, right. that's when you know you've got goals that's when you know following you've got the video that you talked about yeah. so yeah. Um, as you guys are part of the uh Chavez 50 and one of the um many important parts of the Chavez 50 for me has always been the idea that there's a you're a, there's a cohort of writers and that there's a community uh, and I'm always really interested in writer support networks because it's it's a lonely business because it's about you being on your own. And obviously, until you get into the room and you get to work with us, yeah. then that's one thing. And uh, yeah, what I mean, John, what do, do you do? You have someone particular that you send play plays to? Is it a, is it a theatre that you have a connection with, or is it your partner? 
Um, well, I, what I've enjoyed about the Traverse Fifty has been the that the Fifty Connect social network has been has been really good to dip in and out of. Um, I think it has it has done its job in keeping people connected, even if you dip in and just have a look and don't comment and come back out and then you know. So I mean, um, it's been nice to to see what people are up to, um, the diversity of what people are up to. But in terms of um, of of sharing stuff for things that might be in development, it's 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 my wife I, who would who would be my <laughs> my reader, um, and uh, and she's great. She's she's a fantastic reader. She picks up on things that, uh, and it's it's difficult to be reminded of stuff you already know. It's like you know, it's like dying on myself, but I'm hearing it spoken back at me, and it's like and uh, so yeah, it's just been kind of. Um, struggling with a wee piece the past past week and uh, and uh, you know t- typical example scene one and scene two seem to replicate each other same characters same situation uh, they seem to be for a page and a half whatever and it's like so I had to go back and find a way to to fix that problem and, and make it you know obviously more interesting for an audience and 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 fix it so it it's um, it, it it's it works for the story and so yeah, so I mean, she's she's fantastic, um, but also I mean, uh, recently as well with the, the project in Belfast, I spoke of. I, I sent a, the opening page because uh, the 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 AD is is doing a funding application, and uh, and she read the opening page. She was an email come back, but a bit of fire in the belly about really like this. So that's nice that uh, at the beginning of that project, there's you know there's there's. Um, uh, we're both kind of fired up about the same kind of thing, yeah, so that's yeah. a nice old starting point to, to leap from. Have you got a particular person that you use or a support network that you use? Like yeah, that? I mean, I'm kind of the opposite to John in a way, in the sense that I think I've had um, friends before really dislike my work, and it's been too difficult. It gets in between the friendship, so my partner and I don't. I mean, he he comes to my plays and he's interested, but he, I certainly don't rely on him to read the work or anything. And I kind of like to keep that separation. I think I'm, I'm kind of lucky um, that I have a network of writers who I, um, you know, really rely on uh, to read the work or to give their opinion or to throw ideas around. I think that's one thing that writers don't necessarily do is we don't throw our ideas around early enough. So, you know, early on in the play, if you actually say, I think I'm writing, I'm thinking of writing about this and I'm thinking of going with this approach, it saves you so much time if your friend goes, oh, it sounds like it's been done before or it sounds like that play mm-hmm. or have you thought about it from that angle? And the, o- the other thing that I've been thinking about a lot too is actually kind of teaming together with a group of writers and trying to work in a different way where you kind of work a bit like an advertising agency might work and you just create the product as a team. And send right, it's all more of like an American TV style thing. Well, yeah, I think it mm. works so well in the, in the US and those TV shows are so astoundingly good compared to other TV writing as well that it would make sense as an experiment to try it. For theatre? Well, yeah, I think it also would kind of stop that, that, um, that the connection that theatre theater companies have with a particular playwright or choose not to have with a particular playwright. So if you send a play from a collective it's much more difficult to actually go, oh, we're not really interested in that voice. Not that I'm <laughs> suggesting the Travis to do that, but, but I think there is that. I mean, in Australia, there is certainly that sense of theatre companies going, oh, my goodness, we've got to play from X, and there's a play from Y, we'll, we'll, go, we'll read the X, but we won't read the Y. And I think, in, in part, it's a kind of, way of, a way of getting around that. <laughs> but also, like, it kind of gets you around that idea of working alone all the time, because you could get a little office and work together and concentrate on one play for a week all together and then move on to something else. I, I think it's, it's something I'm hopefully going to try soon. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I feel this is really topical at the moment. So I suppose I've got a personal answer to your question, which is that I use collaborators and I bounce ideas around at different stages, depending on the project. And some of them are trusted friends who I've met through writing groups, for example. Sometimes it's I'm actually working with a group of people um, in a youth theatre situation, for example. Um, so the Ideas Exchange is an example of this very thing you're talking about, about getting ideas out early enough to mm. be able to shape them. So imagine are trying now in their Ideas Exchange programme to take work at very, very early stages, mm. scratch, script and hand type things, and get really um, valuable and rigorous feedback. And I think this is the thing in Scotland at the moment, is getting positively constructed feedback that is also rigorous because we tend to be really nice to people. Yeah. Um, so Federation of Scottish Theatre and Puppet Animation Scotland have recently had Liz Lerman over. Hamish was involved in that at the early stages as well. Um, to do training on her critical response process. I'm really excited about what this might mean for all of us in the theatre sector. And it's certainly something I'm applying in writing development and script development on my own work and others. But also I think performing arts in general will be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, so, great question, thank you. Uh, now the final question is, just all of you quickly think for a second about if you could give three words of advice so you've you've passed away and then in a little envelope <laughs> you pull out the envelope and there's a little card and on that card are three words of advice for the next generation of playwrights just do it I'm, I'm having trouble getting it into three words yeah you know you can go over three words oh. I think I think Margaret Atwood said it but I think it's it really rings true particularly when you hear playwrights whinging about things because no one asked you to do it <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just going to repeat what I said on your own bum on chair. Eddie's chair, Lacken Philpott, John McCann, thank you all so much for being with me for the last 20 minutes. Thank you. Thank you, Hope you enjoyed this podcast from the Traverse Theatre Edinburgh. For more information, please log on to www.traverse.co.uk.